If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. Yes, I'm your host, Todd Huff. You can email me your questions, your thoughts, your adoration and praise. Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Facebook is where we're streaming. YouTube, Twitter slash Periscope. And, of course, you can catch the program Streaming live on our website as well. Good to be here. Hope you had a good weekend. Here we are one week away, my friends. One week away, well, one week and a day from Election Day. This is the last, the last week, the last full week before uh, things get completely crazy. And you can begin to see some adjustments being made by the media by the left in the way that they're talking about this. In fact, last night, let me get this here, the New York Times, last night at 7 p.m., I noted this because um, I wanted to make sure that we talked about this this morning. But, you know, the New York Times, the media in general, and yes, I want to get to um, Trump in 60 Minutes and Kamala Harris and all this sort of stuff as well. But I want to start with just the way that things are beginning to adjust in the media. New York Times headline of an article I got last night. You can see this on the New York Times website as well. It's on politics is the particular section of the um, of the on well the paper. The election may hinge on Pennsylvania. Can the polls get the state right? Now, pause for a moment. What has the media been telling us for the past, I don't know, many months? The past many months has the media not been telling us that Joe Biden was winning this thing hands down, that Joe Biden was up by as many as 14 points. Remember this? Of course you remember this because this is how they've talked about this. But the media, now that they're a week away – from Election Day, is beginning to realize we better at least start reporting on this in a way um, that doesn't totally blow away our credibility. Now, you and I already know the media should have absolutely no credibility whatsoever. And they've got – it's amazing to me how they have tricked people into believing that this is like a horse race, that this – I mean the vast majority of people, folks, have known who they are going to be voting for since – I've known who I'm voting for since 2016. 
That's that's how long I've known who I'm voting for in this election. Most people who are casting their votes, whether they have in the past few weeks, by the way, you see 58 million people are, have, have been said to have voted already. 58 million. Folks, in 2016, I think, what was the total vote? count? We're, we're approaching half of the total votes cast already now at this point that were cast in 2016. And 16, roughly 130 million or so uh, votes cast then. Now, so here we are at 58 million, I think is the, the number they're, they're saying now. But so a lot of folks have already known who a lot of folks, A, have voted. B, they've known who they are going to be voting for for some time. This idea that we have a lot of um, undecided voters out there. Which again, how can you be undecided? I'm not saying that there's not any undecided voters, but I'm saying how can you truly be undecided giving what's really on this ticket? Folks, this is a stark contrast in worldviews, a stark contrast in ideologies. One is pro-American, one is pro-Constitution, one is pro-liberty, one is pro-limited government, one is pro-the American citizen, one is pro Keep what you earn. One is pro-capitalist. The other is pro-socialist. Uh, the other is pro-big government. The other is pro-do as we say or we will force you to do what we want you to do because government always has the best answer, the right answer, what's best for you what's best for all Americans, and we will do that by force because, folks, by definition, government is force. That is what it is. And that contrast, again, is between Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, the lovers of big government, those who want to change America as founded, those who want to basically lead a revolution. Now, the media doesn't press much on this. They want you to see Joe as a smiling, old, grandfatherly figure that's just, you know, that has these little faux pas and gas from time to time. And it's kind of cute, nice, likable guy. Kamala Harris, they don't dig into her, uh, you know, what she really believes. They just want you to know that she would be the first black and uh, female vice presidential, well, vice president, should they be elected. And it's you know, talked about in this almost fairy tale sense. We don't get into their ideas. We don't get into the ugliness. Folks, the downright ugliness of some of these things coming from uh, the, the corruption surrounding Biden, the corruption and just really nasty attitude and so forth of Kamala Harris. We don't get into that. In fact, we get fixated instead on Trump's tweets and all the sort of crazy rhetoric we find ourselves getting into um, as we move ever so closely to this election. But there's not a lot of undecided voters. and But the way the media has portrayed this since the beginning is that Trump is going to get walloped and thumped, and Trump has even less of a chance. I'm telling you, they've talked about this in such a way that makes us believe that Trump has next to no chance of winning this election. In fact, if you look at their, they they're telling you if you go to some of these um, uh, sites where you can make your own election map, you can make your own predictions. 
when they start the map for you, it starts off with 290 electoral votes for Biden. Biden only needs 270. They want you to believe that Biden has already locked up 290. So why this headline in the New York Times? Why this headline that says the election may hinge on Pennsylvania? Folks, Pennsylvania is worth 20 electoral votes. They have Biden at 290. If I take away 20 from 290, I still am left with 270. That means Biden wins. But besides that, you've given it to Biden. You've not included Pennsylvania in a toss-up state here. You've given it to Biden. Some of these maps show Arizona definitely going to Biden. Some of these maps show Texas definitely going to Biden. Some of these maps show Georgia definitely going to Biden. Some of these maps show Florida definitely going to Biden. Pennsylvania, Michigan, the states that they put up as toss-ups are states that Trump is probably going to win, in my estimation anyway. But regardless, why? Why now suddenly change why that suddenly change your perspective, your argument, what you're talking about, just how much the election hinges upon the state of Pennsylvania? This is what it says. I'm not going to read much of this. I just want you to hear this because it's drastically different than what we've been hearing in the media here as we get closer. In fact, something else to look out for, for polls that come out this week, don't expect – don't expect to see any more 14-point Biden leads. In fact, remember last week or maybe the week before, Biden's campaign manager came out and said, we're not up 14 points. Said it on some conference call with supporters or some such thing. Don't buy the lie that we're up 14 points. Of course it's a lie. That's, that's fabricated, nonsensical, just crazy stuff. He's not up 14 points. But going back to this article here, it says this, if President Trump pulls off a Come from behind victory, again, acting like this is a horse race, on November 3rd, it's likely to run through Pennsylvania, one of the three Midwestern states he won by less than one percentage point in 2016, and arguably the one that's still within range for him. Didn't know that. I I call it Rust Belt. I didn't know that Pennsylvania is a Midwestern. Anyway, Joseph R. Biden Jr., the Democratic nominee, has built a polling lead in Pennsylvania that is now considerably stronger than Hillary Clinton's was on the eve of the election four years ago. You better look at which – depends on which poll you're looking at, my friend. This, by the way, written by Giovanni Russinello, I think. My apologies if I don't pronounce that right. But regardless here, considerably stronger, they say, Hillary than Hillary Clinton's lead was on the eve of the election four years ago. But the president's weakness is driving the race more than Mr. Biden's strength. Mr. Biden has only recently achieved a positive overall favorability rating among voters in Pennsylvania, according to various surveys. High quality, high quality polls. Let's remember this. Folks, mark this stuff down. And I'm not predicting, again, I think predicting this stuff is, is a bit of a of a fool's game with how some People decide to cast their ballots. But that being said, I still think that this that the maps here are lining up favorably for President Donald Trump. I would in I like his position. I like how these states are playing it. Folks, if he wins Florida, North Carolina, and Arizona, which by winning them basically means holding on to them from twenty sixteen. 
if he wins those states, he only has to win Minnesota or Wisconsin or Michigan or Pennsylvania or Nevada plus New Hampshire, which all of these things are doable. Biden has to run the table at that point. Biden has to run the table at that point. So anyway, these high-quality polls that they're citing now, remember what they told us. I think if Trump turns out to win this thing, especially if Trump has over, say, 300 electoral votes, which is possible. I'm not saying likely, probable, anything like that. I'm just saying it's possible. I think right now the most likely outcome is that he'll be in the high 270s, maybe the low 280s. And you, again, you only, need, you only need 270 to win. Uh, but there certainly are scenarios where he could be into the 300s, even into the higher, well, the low to mid 300 range. If a lot of things, if everything falls into his favor, there's also scenarios where Biden can pull this out, certainly. But the point is, the point is just remember what they've been tell- telling us. They've told us that Biden is up that Biden is up anywhere from 5 to 13 points in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania. Now, remember last week in the debate on Thursday, Biden told us that he was going to begin the process, if elected president, of uh, replacing – is that the word he used? Replacing? Transitioning. Thank you, Oz. Look at Oz over there paying attention transitioning from oil to something else. Who knows? Who knows what will be powered by? Biden says it's going to be something other than oil. He's transitioning from that. Pennsylvania says, wait a minute. Turns out that a lot of our, well, a lot of folks here depend upon that. Western Pennsylvania has uh, some, you know, some places that are, uh, People live off of of oil. This is how they have jobs and that sort of thing. Biden's going to replace that transition from that. I'm not sure what that means exactly. So that's an important factor on the eve of this election. But suddenly the New York Times seems to realize, seems to realize that Pennsylvania actually will cast electoral votes for president along with 49 other states and the District of Columbia instead of simply giving this to the uh, you know the one who wins the national uh, popular vote which folks could still be Trump I'm not I, that's not the uh, the traditional you know the the narrative or what most people believe and again I'm not predicting it but he certainly still could win the the, the popular the popular vote Especially if, especially if people uh, in, in groups that do not typically vote for Republicans vote, you know, in a much higher percentage. For example, in uh, the black vote, folks. I saw a poll. I saw polling numbers late last week. I think I saw I saw them over the weekend that had approval rating of Trump by Black Americans. One of the days showed forty six percent. Now that's not necessarily translating into a vote, but 46% of black voters approve of Trump. If Trump was to even get a third of that, 15% of the black vote, that is bad, bad news for Biden. If Trump gets to 20% or into the low 20s, there's no way that Biden can win this election. This is bad news 
for Joe Biden. There's a lot of bad news for Biden out there that seems to be ignored by the media. It might be hinted at a little bit uh, as we get closer to this election, but the bottom line is they're still largely pretending that Joe Biden has this in the bag. Folks, if it's so bad, you think about back in 2016, people were utterly shocked when Trump beat Hillary Clinton. Remember this? Again, people going to work that morning, putting bottles of champagne in the trunk of the car, preparing to go and celebrate that evening the coronation of Hillary Rodham Clinton, the first female president in American history. Although I'm not sure we can say that because do we know how all of the other presidents identified? I don't know that there's ever been a comprehensive study done on that. But nonetheless, nonetheless, that's how they went to work that morning. And they were shocked and they were dismayed and they were screaming at the universe. They were in tears. They were beginning the process of requesting service dogs and Play-Doh and coloring books to cope with this. The professors and universities all around this, the Fruited Plain, were canceling courses the next day, the next week, to help students cope with this traumatic experience. Imagine what it's going to be like, given how unlikely the scenario was, the way the media has talked about this, of Trump winning this election, if he pulls this out, folks, this is going to be makes 2016 look like look like they responded like adults. This is going to be ma- worse by magnitudes. This is going to be dramatically worse, and 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 worse in ways that are concerning, because now we're in an era where violence has largely been accepted. Violence against those that you disagree with. I don't know if you've seen that the. Uh, Jewish group that was in favor of Trump that had a rally for Trump in New York City yesterday. Folks assaulted there by the ever-loving left. We're in tense times, folks. And if this doesn't go in Biden's direction, the powder keg is going to begin to go pop, pop, pop all around this country in big cities. It's intentional in some instances. It is predictable in some instances, it, it has been it has been condoned in some instances by people who are in positions of power, by mayors. Look in Portland, Oregon. Look in Chaz. Remember that the great civilization of Chaz that lasted about three hundred hours. All of these all of these places have condoned this behavior. I've turned the other cheek, if you will. Have have turned a blind eye to what's going on in there particular cities, letting folks basically destroy the place. And if Trump wins, Trump wins this thing and Biden loses, they're going to lose whatever's left of their ever-loving minds. I have to take a break. Long in this segment, lots more to get to, including Trump's soundbite with Leslie Stahl, Kamala Harris laughing hysterically when asked if she's a socialist. <laughs> so got lots to get to. Quick time out as an order. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. Now, you could say that the media is starting to realize, or at least wanting its readers or audience to realize that this election isn't simply 
who gets the more uh, well will not be determined simply by who has more total votes, popular votes in this country. New York Times is awakened to the fact that the election will be decided by an electoral college and maybe the elector, uh, electoral vote of the state of Pennsylvania, quite possibly, which is an amazing shift given they've seen uh, Biden be up 10, 14 points, and they've kind of acted like this was a foregone conclusion for some time. So even though that's going on, it doesn't mean that they're still not trying everything within their power to prevent that from being the outcome, because they certainly are wanting that to be the outcome. And so that leads me to what the media, this little back and forth between President Trump and Leslie Stahl of 60 Minutes here, um, it aired last, I guess, last night. Um, but the interview took place last week. You may have seen Trump hinting at this, Trump uh, talking about how he was uh, you know, releasing interview and that sort of thing. But here's the exchange. I want you to listen to this. The the willing ignorance here on the part of Leslie Stahl, the, you know, I call these folks professional deceivers, and I think that's how these folks should be viewed. These folks are not interested in uncovering truth so that you, the American voter, uh, can, can know information about the candidates or the issues that's relevant, and then you make the decision. They want you to make a certain decision. That decision they want you to make is to vote for Joe Biden or to vote against Donald Trump is really the better way of saying it. They're not excited about Biden. They're not excited about Biden. We've talked about this extensively on here. They don't really want you uh, they they know that they can't really motivate you to go to the polls and cast a ballot for Biden. But what they do know, what they do believe, is they can stir up enough hatred, enough uh, just bad will towards President Trump. In fact, they've invested for the past four years in creating this. They know that they can send you – well, they believe they can anyway – send us, uh, generally speaking, not you specifically because – you're probably not interested in voting for Joe Biden. But nonetheless, they think that they can send Americans to the polls with enough hatred for President Donald Trump in their heart to, will the, to where they will push the button for virtually any other name on that ticket. And so I want you to listen to this exchange really quickly before we got to go to a break. This is Trump telling Leslie Stahl, I wish you would interview Biden the way that you interviewed me. And I just want you to hear how this how this conversation goes, the back and forth, the complete, utter ignorance and the intentional ignorance of Leslie Stahl here is mind-boggling. So these are the people who are, again, it's an act, it's a performance, it's a play. This is, this is something designed to generate a certain outcome. And again, that outcome is for those watching to decide to vote for Biden instead of President Trump. Here's the exchange. I wish you would interview Joe Biden like you interview me. It would be so good. You know what? You the, like this, the, I thought. I thought you I don't liked mind it. I don't mind bar. it. But when I watch him walk out of his store, and he's walking with a ice cream, and the question the media asks him, what kind of ice cream, what flavor <laughs> ice cream do you have? And he's in the midst of a scandal. He's not. And he's taking... He's of course not. he is, no. Leslie. Come on. Of course he is. It's the biggest... Second biggest scandal. So, the biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. 
They spied on my well, campaign. There's Leslie. no e- real evidence of that. Of course there is. It's no. all over the place. Leslie, Sir, they spied on my campaign and they got I, caught. Can I say something? Go for you it. You know, this is 60 Minutes. Mm-hmm. And we can't put on things we can't no, verify. You won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't Look, put on you. things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied and, on my campaign. Well, we can't verify It's been totally that. verified. No. Absolutely. It's been, just go down and get the papers. They spied on my campaign. They got caught. No. And then they went much no. further than that. No. And they got caught. And you will see that, Leslie. And you know that, but you just don't want to no. put it on the air. As a matter of fact, I don't know that. Okay. She doesn't know that. Of course she doesn't know that. That's not her job to know that. Her job is to professionally deceive you. That's her job. And part of being a professional deceiver is to not know the truth because then I certainly can't be accountable to present that truth to you. What is she talking about? Of course, there is literally, hear me say this, there is zero, there is zero evidence that suggests that what happened by uh, the Obama administration and their FISA warrant against Carter Page in the Trump campaign. There is there, That is absolutely unequivocally spying. FISA, the warrant that they applied for, folks, I've said this before, I'll say it again, stands for, stands for Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. They got a surveillance warrant. Look up the word. I challenge you today to go, go to th- uh, thesaurus.com or dictionary.com, and you will find... At some point in your search, maybe the very first one that you pull up, that there is a synonym for the word surveillance. You know what it is? Spying. That's what it means. It means to spy. The question is not whether or not Obama's administration spied on the Trump campaign because that is absolutely, positively, 100% the case. There is no denying that. The question, the, the question that could be asked, in fairness, is whether or not The spying was legally justifiable in accordance with the law. But to say they did not spy and to say that there's no evidence of that shows that she is unqualified, 100% unqualified to be a journalist, 100%. She's not a journalist. She's a professional deceiver. You may have also noticed in that that exchange, she started to say there is no evidence of that, but she caught herself. She said there's no, what'd she say, real evidence. There's no, no real evidence of that. What do you mean there's no real evidence? You stopped yourself when you were starting to say evidence because you know there's evidence. In fact, you know that the truth demands that you accept that they got the FISA warrant, a surveillance warrant, because they wanted to spy. That is what that is. You know that. I know that. You're going to pretend like you don't know that. Anyway, silly stuff we've got to put up with. I've got to take a timeout. A lot more to get to. Let's get to Kamala next. Kamala... In uh, her interview, was asked by Nora O'Donnell if she brought a socialist or progressive uh, viewpoint to the Biden ticket, and she laughed. She just laughed. <laughs> so we'll play that when we get back. Quick timeout. His in order here. You're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. Don't panic, folks. We'll be right back here in just a minute. Welcome back. I do want to also mention that Amy Coney Barrett's final confirmation vote appears to be scheduled, slated 
for later this evening, sometime Monday evening. It appears that, uh, again, unless there's some sort of a last-minute, just unforeseen set of circumstances, it appears that she will be confirmed to the high court with 52 uh, 52 votes. That would include Mitt Romney. That would include Lisa Murkowski. That would not include – the only Republican that would not include is Susan Collins, who, of course, is running – for re-election in the state of Maine. That's a highly contested election. She may, in fact, lose her seat. So she's trying uh, to you know, appeal to the, I guess you could say, the moderate voters in, in her home state. So that being said, that being said, I want to shift over to another interview that was conducted on uh, what, CBS. Nora O'Donnell interviewing Senator Kamala Harris, Joe Biden's VP pick. Actually, the the front runner, the 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 title name on the Harris Biden ticket. She is, um, in her mind and in the minds of many people, actually the presidential nominee. Just pretending as though she's vice president because Joe Biden, um, is of course. Well, there's a lot going on there, but many folks don't expect Joe Biden, many as in more than half. Most Americans don't expect Joe Biden to serve an entire four-year term. So that would make Kamala Harris at some point, God forbid Biden is elected, but that would make her president of the United States. And she's not been really vetted yet, folks. We don't really know that much about her. Media is not too interested in her other than to tell us that she is uh, black and a female, and that's really all we need to know in today's superficial world of politics. So, that being said, I want you to hear this little exchange. Nora, Nora O'Donnell asked asked Kamala Harris if she brings a progressive or socialist viewpoint to the agenda to President. Excuse me, God forbid, to the to the Harris Biden ticket. Does she bring? Does she bring a? progressive or socialist viewpoint to that ticket. Listen to this conversation. But I will do, and I promise you this, and this is what Joe wants me to do. This was part of our deal. I will always share with him my lived experience as it relates to any issue that we confront. And I promised Joe that I will give him that perspective and always be honest with him. Here we go. And is that a socialist or progressive perspective? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, it is this. the perspective of, of a woman who grew up a, a, a black child in America there we who go. was also a prosecutor Don't who also has a mother who arrived here at the age of 19 from India who also, you know, likes hip-hop. <laughs> like, what do you want to know? <laughs> well, you know, what we want to know was what the question asked. Do you bring a socialist or a progressive perspective to the Biden ticket. Now, I'm not sure that Biden really needs that much of a perspective brought to his ticket as it stands. In fact, Biden's granddaughter is on record telling us that Biden, she agrees, Biden will govern if he is elected like a radical leftist. Basically, she, I mean, Biden is Bernie in her mind. Kamala won't even admit that. She laughs it off. She's been practicing this response uh, 
And um, look, to many folks, that's enough. That's enough right there. She did say no, technically. No, but look at the, it's just, it's fascinating to me. Whatever your personal viewpoints on, uh, you know, a particular candidate is, her answer is fascinating to me in the sense that what what she wants you to believe this election is about. This is about wanting the voter to, to pick her because we want a perspective of a person who has a certain um, a, a certain genetic makeup, and she completely glosses over the important part, which is the ideological makeup. As I've said on here before, I I think it's great that America's to the point where we can vote for a black president. That would not have always happened in this country, and that is a great place to be. However, we should never, and hear me say this, never vote for someone simply because of their race, ethnicity, gender, etc. <clears throat> we should elect someone, vote for someone because of the ideas that they want to implement, the ideas that they want to advance, the way in which they will govern. Ideas. America, folks, is an idea. America isn't an idea that only applies to white people or to black people or to Asians or to take your pick, Hispanics. It applies to all people because, folks, the ideology the the idea upon which or the ideas that upon which America was was founded upon which America was predicated are rooted in truth are rooted in a proper understanding of human nature a proper understanding of how we were created by God to live that is why it works it works for all people now it doesn't mean that everyone is going to have a you know no problems or struggles that's called life but the idea of America is not based upon any race or ethnicity or any of those things. That's why it matters. That's why it matters that you know we pick individuals to be our president, to be our leaders. I don't like the word leaders, our politicians, our policymakers, those who run our government. We pick individuals who have the right ideas, which are the American ideas, which, by the way, would not be the progressive and the socialist ideas. Those, in fact, would be the antithesis of the American ideals set forth in this nation. But instead of telling us what her ideas are predicated upon, instead of telling us the foundation of her ideology, she goes back to things that people have a personal attachment to. And I understand, I do, especially with the history of this country, how that story appeal is appealing to people. 19-year-old mother moving in from India, you know, with basically nothing, starting over from scratch or what have you. That's Kamala's mom, and now she's running for vice president. There's something really amazing about that, that story. But there's also something very troubling if that's what you go to. There's something very troubling instead of telling us what you believe and why you believe it, if you only want to talk about these things, they get people emotionally invested. I've got no problem with the story in general. I just need to know what are the ideas. What are they? They're not socialists. They're not – what are they, Kamala? How would you define them? Because they do not certainly go in line with what I believe about this country. So long in this segment. Got to take a break. You're listening here to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. 
welcome back. So, again, um, tonight, tonight, Amy Coney Barrett is slated to be confirmed, to be confirmed as Supreme Court Justice, Associate Supreme Court Justice of the United States. It appears, based upon what we've heard, that she does have the votes. Now, there was a procedural vote yesterday. She received 51 of those procedural votes. One of those, so there were all Democrats voted no, plus Susan Collins and Susan Collins from Maine, Lisa Murkowski from from Alaska. Um, but Lisa Murkowski voted no. Her position is this. Her position is what her stated position is anyway. She doesn't think that this should happen this close to an election. However, she also believes that Amy Coney Barrett is completely qualified. So she voted no yesterday. She voted no yesterday because uh, on the procedural process, which leads us to this uh, final confirmation vote. Had that not passed yesterday, we wouldn't have a confirmation vote. So she voted no, she tells us, voted no yesterday because she didn't think that we should be uh, pushing for a Supreme Court nominee this close to an election or you could obviously uh, say during an election because of, ver- of early voting. Um, she said instead she would have preferred to wait. However, Amy Coney Barrett is completely 100% qualified, as she is, by the way. She is completely 100% qualified. She is as qualified as anyone else. And, and by the way, more qualified than some of those folks we've seen Uh, nominated to the Supreme Court by leftist presidents. But she is as qualified as anyone else um, and even more qualified than than many. So this, uh, it appears, she's going to vote yes tonight, giving Republicans 52 votes, giving Amy Coney Barrett 52 votes. And it appears, again, I'm always hesitant because I I put nothing past the left that this is going to be the case uh, tonight, 52 votes. Votes confirming Amy Coney Barrett, and she will be on the Supreme Court. She will be on the Supreme Court, and suddenly all of these cases that may make their way to the Supreme Court pertaining to this election, she may actually have a voice in determining uh, the legality and the constitutionality of all these things. So that is a good thing. I've got to take a break. You're listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. folks. That's unfortunately all of the time that we have today. But I will tell you this. We've got some exciting things coming up here in the not-too-distant future that I want to, uh, that I'll be telling you about here in very short order. So that's that's good. So more of this program available to you is always, of course, a good thing, as you well know. But it's all the time that we have today. Lots of stuff to get to. I mean, there's lots of stuff I didn't get to today that I wish I could have gotten to. Uh, But nonetheless, we've got – we're in overdrive here as we move towards this election, which is now just a week away. So anyway, if you haven't voted, get out there and do that. Encourage your friends to do the same. Vote Trump 2020. I've got to go. Have a great day. SDG. See you soon.